What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Running and Gunning podcast with your hosts, Justin Sinan and Logan Sanburn. We are fired up today for the podcast. We, uh, we're going to get into a little bit of late season and uh, what, what our approach is going to be and uh, get into a little bit of our, our season, where we've been with things and where we're going, uh, all that good stuff. But uh, how you doing, Logan? What's going on, brother? What's up? Yeah, um, I'm doing well just staying busy um like this entire season has been um trying to find time to make things happen obviously um we are the buckless bandits (laughs) and so i think we're gonna use this uh podcast to talk ourselves into how we're gonna kill deer here in the next uh i mean we've only got what a month left pretty much you have a month i've got three weeks yeah pretty much so, so I got my elk hunt coming up. Right. Yeah. So it's it's coming coming down to the wire. Um and I think that it's still possible. Um I know we're both making moves and have a, a solid plan in place to move forward. I don't think we're either one of us is kind of uh like in no man's land of trying to figure anything out or jumping around or different properties or anything like that i think we're right we're both pretty pretty set and um as long as we execute i think we can both make it happen so i'm excited for you know the next month um it's obviously going to be busy with the holidays and that kind of stuff but um it should i think play out pretty well yeah definitely man i'm i'm kind of excited i went uh i've been doing a lot of scouting instead of hunting here lately um been glassing haven't really come up with anything glassing which is kind of sad but went and did a, a cam check today at a farm i got and got proof of life and a target picked up so pretty excited he's one of the bucks i've, I've shared him a few times on our uh on our story i think i called him the forky buck he's basically just like a giant a, a giant giant deer but uh He's just got a spike on one side and like a nice forked outside on the other. And I'll be honest with you, man, like he'd be a trophy to me with like the shit that I've gone through this year. And I mean, I'm just excited to finally see like a good mature buck. It just gets me excited, especially thinking he was dead. I'm, I don't know if I told you about that, but you know, I got word from one of the other guys that hunts this farm that, you know, the neighbor shot him. So I was, I was a little bit bummed out, but um i'm excited man i mean it seems like i've had some daylight movement you know after rifle season so it just really gave me a good feeling that like it's possible you know like deer moving on their feet i think this is the kind of the time for us where we just need to capitalize on some of these cold fronts and you know the rainy weather stuff like that just getting out there when uh you know whenever you can on a good good front i think it's the best time to capitalize but What's uh, what's been going on with you, man? I mean, how's your your season been going so far? I mean, it's for the past couple of weeks, we really haven't done a recap. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I've gotten out a few times, not like a ton, um, but I think what well, when the last time was like early November when we actually um talked about this. So, I've seen some deer. Um, nothing that I've been able to get any shots at um i don't did i tell the story about 
the buck that I saw and came you, full draw on? No, you didn't. I, you should you should talk about that. That was kind of that was a pretty okay. cool story. Yeah. So um, I went to the, my permission property. I checked a camera and had a, a pretty good buck on there, and got excited. And I was like, "All right, I know this property decently well." I'm just going to push down, um, off this ridge and see what I can find, uh, looking for a hot sign and whatnot. Um, had my stand on my back and everything, just looking for a spot to set up for the evening. And I was working this trail and it was really windy. Like, I think it was probably 18 to 20 mile an hour winds. So, and then it was dry and you know how that goes. It's just like loud right in the woods. So, I'm taking it slow, moving along, but still it's hard to hear anything. And he just kind of, we surprised each other. Um, all of a sudden we were probably about seven yards apart and he whirled around and took two steps away from me and stopped and looked back. And I came to full draw and we just locked eyes and stood there for, I don't know how long. And he was behind um, this big old bush that there was absolutely no way I was getting an arrow through. I, I moved my left. I moved my right. I like was trying to go up, down, and I was just like, there's absolutely no way to fit this through here. Um, so I let down, but I didn't move otherwise. I just held my bow out in front of me, and we just stood there for, I mean, it was probably over a minute just staring at each other. And he, Oh, man just turn and walked out of my life and I grunted <laughs> at him and he went worked down the hill and it was just so thick that he, he took like four or five steps and I couldn't see him anymore. Um, and he, it was, he was just gone. <laughs> and so I ended up setting up, um, that night, like right in the same area, hoping that maybe he'd work back through or something. Cause he, I didn't really spook him. Right. And pull off a pull off a bump and dump. Yep, something like that. that and yeah, he uh, he never showed back up. And I've I've worked that kind of whole area over the last couple of weeks, thrown probably three or four sits at it um, in different spots, and I haven't turned up anything. Um, I've had a few does come past me that if they had been uh, in range, I would have shot them. Like right now, I'm just kind of anything that. I can do to put meat in the freezer and, you know, make yeah. it happen, get some practice yeah. in and whatnot. Um, like I'm going to do it. So that's, uh, I mean, I went out Friday, got some cams out and stuff. Um, hoping to get something figured out, but I, th I think I'm going to focus on that single property. Um, muzzle loader comes in this weekend. So I'm sure there's going to be some more people in the woods. Um, it's not quite the same as our rifle season, but I think there's a lot of people that do yeah. get out um, if they didn't kill in, during rifle season. So, yeah, I was gonna agree with that. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's not that many people, but I know around here, I'm sure you got to deal with it too. There's a lot of people that go rifle hunting during muzzleloader. You know what I mean? <laughs> I seem to always hear that one like, yeah, and it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> great that's that's super fair yeah but i mean it is what it is people are gonna do what people are gonna do but um i'm excited man i mean you know i i'm actually thinking about taking out the muzzle loader 
I'm, I'm kind of desperate. Um, yeah. And I know this, as soon as I do, I'll have something come in like 20 yards and be like, <laughs> I might actually take both. I've never done that. I've always talked about it. I've done it for turkey a few times, but I've never done it for deer. And I think I might have to do that just in case. Because this one setup where I want to be, where I'm thinking I really want to set up on this buck, it could go one of two ways. Like, he could either come in to my lap or he could hang up, like, 60 to 80 yards out. It's, if It just depends on which trail he actually uses to come into this field. But, you know, at this point in the season, if he comes out far, I would love to be able to take him. I mean, because, for one, I really want to get rid of this deer because I'm, like, 90% sure that he is keeping a lot of other big bucks out of this farm because with that one spike side and how dominant this buck is, like I feel like he's, he's had to kill at least one deer or something in there. Like, I mean, just, he's not uh, you know, uh, a goring, right? He's, it's not like he's a, a small, you know, young spike buck. He's yeah. a big, thick, mature, buck with that just so happens to have one giant sword on one side i mean how long do yeah. you think that thing probably is dude i've seen so many pictures i'd have to guess it's at least like 18 to 20 maybe not 20 right. but probably 18 inches i guess yeah which um, is nuts <laughs> yeah and i know how big his shed is from last year like just out of mass wise and one of the pictures i got a great video of him logan like he's literally he steps out from this scrape and puts his head so I got the perfect like full view of this this whole rack. I'll share the video on our uh, on our page uh, tomorrow, and uh, you know you guys can check that out. But super cool video footage, man. Comes out all bristled up, frost all over him. Comes out there, makes a scrape at eight o'clock in the morning, and like you, my tree is literally probably fifty yards away, maybe. Like I put this camera out right there because it was like a last minute thing after I had. Uh, it's kind of a, a pre-hung set because it's so high up that I need to be. Um, I just put like four of the original Lone Wolf sticks up in there because it's like, it's at least like probably 20 to 23 feet up or something. And um, it was one that's of those pretty, deals. That's like, pretty high. That's too high for me. Yeah, but <laughs> but it's a situational kind of thing because the, the way this farm lays out, it, it starts to go down this big ravine <clears throat> and where these trees are, they're about like when you're at the base of the tree like the field is about 10 feet up you know by your head so if you were hunting really low you'd almost be looking up at the deer so it's one of those spots like if the deer are traveling right along the field edge it puts them you know like it's not a real steep angle but um, i've got a spot that real good observation stand too you could see almost everything that's uh what's nice about that farm country (laughs) yeah yeah, it is. It's, it's super cool. I mean, and I I literally put it there as one of those places that I'll probably always have for observation sits. Um, but it just so happens that on each side of this, where the stand is, about 50 yards from each spot is probably two of the the big main travel corridors for these deer to come out of bedding into, you know, the, the cornfield. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, one way or the other, they usually come up and they skirt the edge of the field. But can't really put a camera out there. You just got to be there and you got to hunt it. And I think now it's like it's time to put some hours in the stand and hopefully he'll slip up. So touching on um, that as a late season tactic, I think 
Um, we were talking about visibility and kind of the nature of late season. You know, the leaves are off the trees. Everything's kind of, you know, died off. And you can see a long ways. And yeah, if you've got to throw an observation sit, like you can observe a lot, um, you know, from one spot and during this time of year, um, if you pick the right place. And to go along with that, though, the deer can also see a very long way. And it's super important to not be moving and hanging out, even though it's, you know, freezing cold and (laughs) you're you're wanting to shake and move and, you know, stay warm. But those deer can see a lot better than we can. And oh, for sure, man. I know I find myself in that trouble all the time. Yeah. I think, like, this time of year, man, it's really important to either hunt higher than normal or lower than normal. And not really in that 15-foot zone. I feel like it's all situational. Like, I know you know this, but, you know, for some of our listeners out there that are just getting into the mobile game, it's like, try to find where the cover is and really focus on not skylining yourself. That's, like, the most important thing. And, you know, it the more that you're going to hunt low, you're going to be able to hunt in that, that lower underbrush and the deer won't be able to pick you out. But over the years, man, I mean, I've, I've had deer pick me out even when I wasn't moving. I, I, I one of, one of my target bucks probably about eight, eight years ago. Now, um, I saw him coming through. There's no way in the world he saw me. Uh, I drew my bow back. I literally was just waiting for him to come into the lane. And the second that he got into the lane, he looked right up and he completely skylined me. And I had at that time in in my life, like I had no thought process of like what skylining was or any of that stuff. And when I got down there to where the deer was, it was clear as day. Like the way the tree was shaped and everything. Like, I mean, he completely like saw out of his peripheral that something wasn't right. Like there, he didn't sent me, there's no, no way he winded me at all. Like it just purely out of instinct, just turned on a dime and picked me out of the tree, ducked my arrow too. Like that was the <laughs> first year I shot, I made a great shot at 30 yards and I did not aim low. And if I would have aimed low, I probably would have spined him. But, uh, it was, it was a wild experience, man. But yeah, when they're on the down that like rabbit that. hole of a story, but I mean, it's, it's important. No, that's yeah. That's a, a good uh, example of why you've got to be mobile and yeah. even, even if it's being mobile in the same tree and either right. moving up or down or, you know, whatever you have to do, like there are ways to find cover, whether it's a thick bunch of trees, whether, you know, you get in a tree that's in front of a cedar or maybe even in a cedar, if you want to try and play that game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes a, no, those are really tactic. tough, but yeah. uh, I think like, that's very important this time of year because there's nothing on the trees. You don't have cover. Um, and sometimes you have to make your own cover. And we were talking about that earlier that, you know, you could cut cedar limbs, um, you know, whatever, if you're not on public, um, you know, or pick up some brush, whatever you need to do and get that around your stand so that, you have some sort of way to break up your silhouette so that you're not skylined. And cause like, I mean, it's unless you're going to put your stand up and then go stand where you think you're going to kill a deer at and look yeah. at your stand. Like it, it's really hard to tell sometimes. It really is. 
what your think, actual profile is. I think a great cure for that, for a, a lot of our listeners out there that are just hunting public land, go to Hobby Lobby, go to Walmart, try to find a few artificial limbs and take them with you. Logan, I know you do, and I do on my stand setup. I have uh, rubberized gear ties, like the night eyes gear ties. Those yeah. things are, are super awesome. So you can put branches on your tree stand and help break yourself up a little bit. And a lot of times, I mean, you guys might laugh at that, but put them around your seat and just have some limbs like hanging off that are near your body, not not in your way, but anything like that to break up your movement is, is super important. I mean, there is still some leaves on the trees, and it's not going to look that out of the normal. It's going to be a lot better than you sticking out like a sore thumb. And... and- for something for me, I mean, go ahead. Uh, something I was just going to say that, um, I mean, I'm not, I know it was new to me when I learned it. So, um, it's a good tip that maybe other people don't know is like staying within the silhouette of your body. So if you're moving your arms or your hands or whatever, staying within your own profile so that you're not getting out and, basically skylining your arm if you're you know reaching out if you've got your bow hanging you know three feet to outside your tree like i think that that's um was a very good tip because i've gotten caught plenty of times when i had a you know a screw-in bow holder that hooked around and i would hang my bow on that and it would be you know two feet away and i'd go to reach for it and taking that arm outside of myself they picked it up immediately yeah so it's it's something simple but i really like the saddle for this time of year and i know you know and that's fine if some of you guys don't want to get into the saddle game like i totally understand um but the saddle can be a really it can really shine this time of year i'll say it like that um being able to put yourself behind a tree this time of the season when you've got a lot of deer around you can be a big game changer, honestly. Um, I've been picked out a lot more uh, when I've hunted out of a stand than in the saddle. I mean, I can literally about hide myself if it's a decent-sized tree, even if it's a smaller tree. Um, you know, you look like Shaq hiding behind a... <laughs> <laughs> right. The, We've all the seen meme. that meme online. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> But uh, it's um, it's kind of funny. Like, I mean, it works though. I mean, just just uh, you know, staying still. I think is the most important thing. Like, no matter how you're hunting or what you're doing, but just understanding that concept. We won't. Uh, I won't really harp anymore on on the outline and that kind of stuff. But I think I think another good thing that we're not mentioning is is being comfortable, man. Like when it's cold, having good base layers. You know, making sure that you're comfortable and you're not fidgeting you know i mean when it gets really cold i know like i'll be the first one i mean i'm out there like man my feet are freezing like it intensifies buck fever um you know it's it's definitely it's, it's a different game i mean it's one of those things where you know the late season you you've been struggling i know for you and i we're gonna be pretty pumped up when we know that it's about to go down i mean yeah (laughs) <laughs> and, oh yeah uh, when it's really cold it's like okay it's you it definitely is uh it adds another level of you know getting control of your mindset and uh getting the job done i think and something else that um 
sometimes people don't think about, at least I know I haven't thought about it before is cause I use a knock to it release. And so mm-hmm. I hook it on my D loop and I leave it hanging there and that's just bare metal. And then I yeah. wear, I wear the fingerless Merino gloves and especially like, cause I, on my right hand, at least, um, you know, I've got a normal glove on my left hand, but I like to be able to feel that release. And when it's, you know, freezing and below and you grab that metal, like it sucks. (laughs) It's not fun to try and hold that. Um, especially like when you're you're trying to draw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes I'll take that off and I'll keep it in my pocket. Um, that way, you know, it's in my hand and it's like staying warm. And so maybe if I, then, you know, the deer starts coming in, I'll take it out and put it on the D loop. That way with my right hand, I can, you know, run the camera or do whatever I'm going to do. Um, and that way it's already loaded up there, but at least it's warm and it's not exposed and (laughs) freezing. Yeah. I don't know, man. I could see you up there just (laughs) trying to, shake your hand and put your put your release on the D loop. Yeah. I that's one thing I used to hate about having a wrist strap. I don't know. I I feel how long have you been shooting your thumb? Have you always shot it? Um I I actually shot a silverback um okay. first. Like I hunted with I whenever I first started like way back in the day, I used a wrist strap, um but I didn't really I wasn't hunting that much. Um Yeah. And then when I got back into hunting, I used a silverback, which is a, it has a hook kind of, I mean, basically like a, uh, like a hinge a wrist strap would. Yeah. So, yeah. so you still have to hook it into the loop when you're getting ready to shoot. And that was one of the reasons why I switched so that okay. I could act, take the knock to it and actually clip it on there and leave it. Yeah. That's what got me. Yeah. I, I started hanging out with target archers and I don't know if, if any of you guys can uh, vouch for that, once you start hanging around those people, you end up shooting some expensive releases. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> because most of them are so generous, man. Like this, I had a couple people that I've met over the years that are just like, they're like, you come here often. Here, just take this release, shoot it for a week or two. If you like it, offer me some money for it. I'm like, okay. And then of course, <laughs> like, man, you get hooked because. You go from like a crappy release to a nice crisp release. I mean, you know, it's just like shooting a good trigger on any gun. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like that. That's like you don't want to go back to the shitty four pound trigger after you've shot a you know <laughs> two and a half crisp clean pull. Oh yeah, I mean that's uh, even even on like wrist wraps. I my the first one that I ever had was a like a caliper release that had a hinge on either side and you pull the trigger and then it opened up in the middle and it was yeah. garbage. What was it? Was Just, it the, uh, was it a free flight? It was a Cobra Cobra. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, that was just, it was so freaking bulky. It was like having a yeah. pair of freaking pliers in your hand <laughs> i know dude it, and me like i have like the worst like i swear when i'm just sitting there bored in the woods like you know like back i'm sure like when you were a kid like when you were hunting when we didn't have cell phones and you're sitting there and you're like like how many times i'd pull that trigger and just be sitting there in the stand like messing with my release like you know that was for me that was like the plus when i got the hint the uh the the button from like a carter um with a thumb release i could just put it on my string and i'm like no bs 
I can just put my hand right in it and pull back quick, easy. I don't know. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's how I feel. I've been shooting yeah. the same releases for a few years now, and I don't know. I'm so, I'm sold on them. I mean, I think that that's a really good point, though, is that you can hook it on the, to the D-loop, and you don't have to worry about when you're cold. And like you said, it intensifies buck fever and everything, and trying to get your release on the D-loop at that time. It, I mean, yeah. and that, you're could, that could make or break you. It really can, man. And that's kind of what I was getting at without saying that to you was just like, eh, I don't know. I think I'll just take my cold release and I'll deal with it. You know? Yeah. It is what it is. It doesn't get that cold where we're at. Come on. No, it doesn't. You'd be all right. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Especially right now. I mean, it's, it's been in the fifties for the last two weeks probably. Um, so that segues into, you know, what you mentioned it earlier, but we were going to talk about, um, for late season, I think I know one of our strategies is to hunt fronts hard. Um, yeah. Cause when that temperature drops, I think it's going to help us with movement. Um, especially this time of year, cause it's going to be cold. It's not just a change in temperature. It's going to make it yeah. cold. And if you're, if you're on food, if you know where they're going to be eaten, uh, I think it, that's the key to making it happen. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I think that's uh as as Cody DeQuisto would say, if you know where he's eating and you know where he's bedded, well that deer should be freaking dead, you know. But it's not wrong. <laughs> no, not at all. I think uh you know, this is to, I'm going to close it out with with this uh, you know, statement here, but this is the time of year where you really need to focus on, you know, your quality of your hunt and not quantity. Uh, you know, keep the pressure off of your deer if you're hunting farm or public. Do a lot of your scouting and do it strategically. And, you know, these older bucks have been hunted right now. A lot of a lot of them are pressured. So be careful what you're doing and capitalize, you know, and hunt when the time is right. I mean, it's, it's really important this time of year because I feel like, you know, if you make a couple mistakes on a buck now, you're probably not going to see him ever again, at least this season. But Right, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think uh... – I just wanted to mention that, you know, if anybody's looking for more resources or more um, in-depth late season stuff, uh, look up the Iceman. He, Cisco, is no the, the late really, season guy. So I'm really going to try and get a hold of Heath and see if we can get him on the podcast, honestly. That'd be awesome. He was one of my first people I thought about, and uh, I, I don't know why I hesitated, but I think uh, after you had mentioned him, I'm like definitely going to reach out to him here soon. Cool. Next Hopefully week, we uh, if you guys can tune in next week with us, um, it should be awesome. We're going to have Rendell Eric on. Um, he was going to come on with us tonight, but uh, he had some issues getting a hold of some of his equipment he was going to use. So I'm excited for that one. And um, with that being said, guys, uh, stay after him, and uh, we appreciate you tuning in with us. We'll catch you next week. Thanks again for tuning in this week, guys. Really appreciate all the support. Uh, We're going to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Lone Wolf Custom Gear. If you guys haven't, tune over to their website at lonewolfcustomgear.com to get you set up and outfitted with anything you really need for the mobile game. Definitely uh, a great company, great service. We're going to uh, close this one out with a quote from Jim Rohn. Jim says, If you're not willing to risk the unusual, you will have to settle for the ordinary. 
I uh, hope that one uh, finds you guys well this weekend and uh, maybe you can apply that to your season. It's definitely uh, getting down to the wire here for us uh, if you guys are, haven't tagged out yet. But we wish you all the best. Uh, we hope you all are having a, a great holiday season. And we'll look forward to catching up with you next week.